You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled, Living in Construction. Enjoy. Amen. That's a word I like, honor. And we do want to honor mothers this morning. It's um, seemingly more and more rare to find uh, anyone who understands honor or is actually giving honor. And we want to cultivate that here at Highway Church. We give honor to God, first of all and foremost, for sending his son, for drawing us to him. We didn't even know him. We didn't even love him. We didn't have any thought of him. And he made provision before we even knew we had a need. So we honor you, Father. We honor you, God, in this place. We honor you. We honor your word. We honor your word above your name. You honor your word above your name. We honor your word, Lord God. And we thank you uh, for your word that is quick and powerful and alive. And we open our ears right now by faith. We activate on the inside our ears of faith, eyes of faith, that as we listen today and as we read in your word that you would have full authority and full right of way to um, give us answers, to alter our course, to give us instruction, Father. We are thankful that you care enough about us to give us your word and to love us in that manner. And we thank you for the mothers here, Father. We honor them. We thank you, Father, for the things that they do each day um, in service to you. <laughs> we live our lives as moms unto you. And we worship you and thank you, Father, for this time together in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, we are going to talk today about the title. It's called Living in Construction, Maintaining a Home in the Middle of Mess. <laughs> and uh, I looked at this. Uh, Mariah made this for us. And uh, I said, boy, last time I was up here, I talked about yielding. I have this thing for like street signs, I guess. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but it fits with Highway Church. So, hey, you know, so living in construction, maintaining a home in the middle of mess. Let's open up our Bibles to Proverbs 14.1. And open our Bibles to Proverbs 14.1 this morning. Oh, thank you, Lord. We are treasuring his word. We treasure the word of God. Proverbs 14.1, I'm going to read from the easy to read version. It's up here. If you'd like to look at it or follow it along, I'll read another version as well. But it says, a wise woman makes her home what it should be. But the home of a foolish woman is destroyed by her own actions. And the Darby version says, the wisdom of women buildeth their house, but folly plucketh it down with her hands. In whatever translation you might have, I just want to make the distinction that what makes a woman wise is the wisdom that she has, or what makes a woman foolish is the folly that she has. So Darby, at the translation that I read there, says the wisdom of women buildeth her house. So it's the wisdom that a woman has that makes her wise. That only makes sense, but I wanted to just preface. What is a wise woman? How do I know if I'm wise? Well, you have wisdom. And how do I know if I'm foolish? I'm having folly, which the scripture says there. It's destroyed by our own actions. But this scripture 
is unique in the Proverbs. Most of the Proverbs are directed to sons, my son, listen to me, or to men, the man who. Um, and with the exception of Proverbs 31, which is a whole chapter about a woman, a godly woman, this is one of very few that is specific to women. And uh, this one says, again, a wise woman makes her home what it should be, but the home of a foolish woman is destroyed by her actions. I've never uh, experienced a major construction or a remodel in our house. We did do a basement. We finished a basement in our little Cape home in Pawtucket. We needed some extra space to lounge around as we grew from a family of three to a family of six in that house. And we finished the basement, and uh, we've had um, also some shelves, custom shelves built in our current home but never a major reconstruction. It was very easy to just shut the door, walk away from the construction, and just go to sleep and forget about it. Um, but my parents, a number of years ago, had a different story. They decided to remodel their kitchen. They ha and you know where the kitchen is, right? Right in the center of the home, right? And this remodel this construction that they were involved in ended up touching the dining room it touched the living room it touched the family room it touched the hallway which touched all the bedrooms and uh it was major it went right to the front door <laughs> and you know how it happens right you get working on something and it just starts ah, well if we do that we have to go do this and so forth and so on this was a major reconstruction in the core of their home. It was not simple for them to just shut the door, walk away, and forget about it. <laughs> it was in the middle of their house. As a matter of fact, it was so disruptive, this construction in their lives was so disruptive that their bedroom became their everything. Has anybody else ever been in this situation where, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Alan knows? So, I mean, what was in there? Uh, all things office were in there. There was a printer in there. The computer was in there. Yeah, yeah, the, the kitchen went to the bedroom. There was a microwave, a coffee maker, a toaster in the bedroom. Then, of course, you have to have your entertainment, so there's a television in there. There's, uh, you know, the, the radio. Everything was in there. Everything was in there, and they were even washing dishes, you know, in, in, in their bathroom sink and silverware. It was just like, and you walked <laughs> <laughs> and there was no resemblance of normalcy at all. And would you know that we celebrated a Christmas together during this time? So we came down. How do I know this so well? Because I saw it and I experienced it. But they had, they, it was impossible for them to walk away from the, instruction, from the construction. And some messes in our lives are like this. They're in your face, they're uncontained, and they're just, they're right at the front door. As soon as you open the door, there they are, right? There are things in life, and it may be of various things for all kinds of different moms and different stages. You know the new mom is just overwhelmed with you know, just going to the grocery store. <laughs> how do I, how do I, or just taking a shower, you know? The new mom, it just, it's right there. The baby's there. This is new. And then, you know, you have uh, possibly other stages where, you know, teenagers or as they're growing and developing, there are other kinds of messes that might pop up 
And as they go to college, there's the separation. As they get married, there's bringing in more people into the family. There's always construction. There's always change. There's always this kind of thing going on. And as we talk today, this is just going to represent mess. When I talk about mess, it's just if you're hoping for the day when everything just relaxes and stays normal, you can just forget about that. Because <laughs> every stage, there's something new. But that's a good thing. That's a good thing. And I find it interesting that Proverbs 14.1 says, a wise woman makes her home. Some say, as Darby says, the, the wisdom of women buildeth, buildeth their home. So what is this about today? I want to encourage us as women to develop and to have a building mentality, a builder's mentality. This woman is, is called, she's called wise and she's building. She's in construction, all right? But how do we maintain a home and not get overwhelmed with the construction that's going on in our lives all the time? So this woman is building. So the first thing I want us to really think about, and it applies to men too, obviously, but as women in particular this morning, I want us to encourage, uh, to be encouraged to develop a builder mentality. Let's look at Genesis 5. Let's go to the first book, Genesis 5. And let's look at 1, verses 1 and 2. Thank you, Lord. Genesis 5, I'll be reading from the New King James Version. <clears throat> it says, this is the book of the genealogy of Adam. In the day that God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. Verse 2, he created them, male and female, and blessed them and called them mankind in the day that they were created. So, here we're seeing that God created man and he made us in the likeness of God and he made them both male and female. And he blessed them, both of them. He called them, both of them. And he created them, both of them. And he called them mankind. I like to listen, you probably have heard me, if you have spent any time with me, you'll probably hear me reference Keith Moore. Keith Moore is a minister in Branson, Missouri. He also has a church in Sarasota, Florida, and he served for many years as a healing instructor at Rayma Bible College under um, the original Kenneth Hagin, <laughs> the original, <laughs> uh, many, many years ago. And so um, I have, we've listened to him for many years, and he will say um, that, that in this mankind, when we talk about sons of God, that there are both male sons and female sons. So when we talk about mankind, know that that does not disqualify or exclude women today as we talk about that. God created us both, he called us both, and he blessed us both. That's what we just read there in Genesis 5. And in the Amplified, it says he created them male and female and blessed them and named them, right? That's called them, both Adam or mankind at the time that they were created. So I just want to, at the beginning of this, just establish and set up. I know that there's a, a temptation to back off to, to, uh, to, we're talking about a woman building, to back off and say, well, I'm not familiar with that, or I don't know what it is to build, or I don't think of myself in that way. But I want you to know this, that God, we are both male and female, made in the image of God. He made us both female and male. So I think what I want to do today is just encourage us to become familiar with all the character of God. It's easy for us in our 
position as women to think of ourselves compassionate. God is compassionate. Gentle, God is gentle. Caring, God is caring. Um, Nurturing, God is nurturing. But I don't want us to stay only in that aspect. I want us to expand and really know all the character of God. I want us to be encouraged to know the character of God, whether you identify them as male or female. I, we want to just eliminate that. So if you see a characteristic of God and you identify it as male, open yourself to that today. If you identify it as female, open yourself to that today. What I'm saying is all these traits are in the character of God. They're in the person of God, that God created us both, male and female. Maybe you don't see yourself this morning as brave. Maybe you don't see yourself as courageous. Maybe you don't have any concept of what this is to be a builder. Maybe you don't see yourself as decisive. When you're in a construction process, you have to make decisions. And there's time where you have to make decisions quickly sometimes. And sometimes the construction goes on and on and on, and the mess lingers, and you have to be decisive about the direction of that. Um, you know, you, if maybe you don't see yourself as brave, but I want to encourage you this morning. Remember that God is brave, right? Right? God is strong. God is courageous. And God is decisive. He is not wondering what to do this morning. (laughs) He has the answer. God is brave. God is courageous. God is strong. God is decisive. And because you are made in his image, those things are available to you. As a mom, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. as a mom, those characteristics are available to you. So if you have in your mind today, I'm not good at making a decision. I'm not very good at at being courageous. I'm kind of shy. I want you to, again, what I say, I encourage you this morning to open up a little bit to all the character of God and know that if God is that way, I'm also made in his image. I can represent him in that way. I also want to say this morning that we're not competing with males. (laughs) All right? We're not competing with males. We're not competing with the men here today. This is really, really such a, has been for all time, such a touchy, touchy thing. But I want to know this and remind us again that the scripture says that we are blessed, both blessed, both called, both made in his image. And, and also in this too, we're not elevating woman power or the female power. And there's a lot of that too, all right? A lot of competing, a lot of let me elevate the woman above the man. Let me elevate the man above the woman. God created them both male and female. He's called us both male and female. He's blessed us both male and female. So when I talk about strength today, I I want us to know we're talking not about woman power, female power, whatever, women's rights. We're not talking about that. We're emphasizing the strength of God, the strength of God in whose image we are made. So it's not, it's not a woman power, it's not a man power, it's God power that is available and accessible to both of us because we're created in his image. Amen. Amen. So that's what I want to talk about today, developing ourselves, developing a mentality of being a builder, a brave, courageous, decisive, bold builder for God. Why? Why do I have to do this? Why can't I just leave it to somebody else to do this? (laughs) Well, I want you to know this. Uh, Naturally, 
What do we know about the second law of thermodynamics? Are we in a lecture here this morning? The second law of thermodynamics, you're going to know it as soon as I say it. Everything goes from a state of order to a state of disorder, right? Naturally, things fall into a state of disorder or entropy, a mess. Naturally, things will develop into a mess unless you have a mind to oppose that direction, all right? We need to develop and have God's builder mentality. God has this mentality. He spoke and things were created. There was darkness, but he spoke and things were built. This is his nature, and it's a nature that is inherent in us because we're created in his image. Maybe we haven't tapped into it. Maybe we haven't realized it yet, but God is a builder, and he opposes disorder. He opposes darkness. He opposes distress, he opposes discouragement, and he opposes disease. Those are all the Ds. D is a bad letter. <laughs> you don't want it on a test. And look at all these things. God, God opposes disorder. So think about your mess. If, is it a child? Uh, is, it, is it a relationship? Um, for those of you not um, a mom, not married, not having children, this still applies to you as a woman. You're still building a house, okay? You're still building a house. And God is encouraging us to have this building mentality, women, that we would oppose disorder, that we would oppose darkness, that we would oppose distress, oppose discouragement, and oppose disease. So we want to be encouraged today to be like God in that manner, to build. The Bible, we just read in Proverbs 14, 1, it says the home of a foolish woman is destroyed by her own actions. That's talking about a woman who's literally in there tearing her house apart and making more mess because of the folly. She has not received the wisdom of God. Joseph prayed for us women, for us moms this morning, that Jesus has been made wisdom unto us. So we have wisdom that is from God. We have his very own wisdom that is in the person of Jesus as we've made him the Lord of our lives. And that wisdom prevents us from acting in folly and tearing our lives in disorder. We look to Jesus, he is our wisdom, and we become builders of things. Builders, not letting things just fall to the side. Not letting things just, well... I'll shut the door, like I said. But like I said before, sometimes the mess is such that you need to stand up and oppose it. It's not, some messes in life are just not tidy and nice. Some messes are in your face. Some messes are messy, messy, messy. And we need to oppose that, not lay down underneath it, all right? Not shrink and be timid, not fear and cower at the mess, but to have a building mentality that opposes that mess. And I want to encourage you too, don't think it's someone else's job. Don't think it's someone else's job to be the builder. It's so easy to say, well, you know, the kids are acting up. I'll just, you know, I'll go hide in a room until my husband comes home or something and then let him handle it. No, no, you be a builder. You be a builder. I've known moms like that who are timid. They're afraid to discipline their own children. They don't feel that they know how. They're not decisive about how to discipline their own children. And so they just wait and don't address it. Um, but 
the Bible is encouraging us, God is encouraging us that a wise woman builds. We're builders today. We don't leave it to someone else to do. We don't leave it to someone else. We'll just wait and someone else can do that because I don't know how. No, Jesus has been made wisdom unto you. You know how. We're asking God how. So how is this going to happen? God wants us to be builders. Why does he want us to be builders? Because he's a builder, right? Because we are made in his image and we can do this. We can do this. We don't have to lay down under the mess. We can oppose it. We can put it in order. We can do it as God leads us. Well, how are we going to do this? How are we going to prevail and not fail? How are we going to prevail and not fail? The word prevail, I looked it up, it says to prove more powerful than opposing forces. We women are more powerful than opposing forces because we're in Christ. Forces opposing are going to come to us, but we are more powerful than opposing forces. It says also that prevailing means to be victorious. I think we know that, but it's good to look it up, set our eyes on it, and know this, that prevailing is to prove more powerful than opposing forces. God speaks, and it was so. And Pastor Joseph has been encouraging us the same, that just say, this is within us as well, we're made in his image, that we speak to these things, and we oppose the, the disorder, and we build up God's purpose in our lives. We become victorious, we prevail. Let's look, oh, I, I'm sorry, I just got ahead of myself. I want you to know this, and then the definition of fail is to not, to be unsuccessful in achieving your goal to be unsuccessful in achieving a goal. Well, you can think of your mess, whatever it is, whether children, whether your relationship with your husband, whether your relationship at work, whether just pressures, whatever it is, whatever your mess may be that you feel, like Pastor Joseph was saying, we are put, you know, the pressure is sometimes put on that we have to perform in these things. Well, let me say this. Your goal is not to escape mess because you will fail <laughs> at escaping mess. Mess comes sometimes. Your goal is not to escape mess. Your goal is to overcome the mess when it comes, okay? If you make it your goal, I'm just never gonna have a mess in my life. I'm just gonna walk everything out perfectly. I'm never gonna have a mess. If that's your goal, you will be, what the word fail says, unsuccessful in achieving your goal. The goal is not to escape mess, this, the goal is to overcome when it comes. There will be disorder. There will be distress. There will be disease. There will be whatever that may come. But we overcome. That's, our, that's, that's the goal. And, and this is what we can do. We overcome the mess. We overcome the construction. It's there. It's in your face. You open the front door. It's there. But we overcome. I think, Sue, I'm looking right at you. Just your testimony over and over at get-togethers about your work situation. You face things when you go in there, but you can overcome with the joy of the Lord. Right? You all have testimonies of this, right? None of us, have, if you have never had a mess in your life, I would love to. <laughs> you know, nobody. Nobody can raise their hand to that. Everybody has had to face something. Now let's look at Matthew 7. I'm going to read in the King James Version this scripture. Matthew 7, verse 24 through 27. How are we going to do this then? How are we going to overcome the mess? It's big. It's looming. It's on my mind. It's at the front door. It's overtaking the house, right? Like my parents. Let's look and see. 
Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. It says, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who builds his house on the rock. Verse 25, and the rain descended. Here's his mess. And the floods came, so it's coming from above, and it's rising up from underneath. It's everywhere, right? The rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. So it didn't escape or avoid the mess. The mess came from above, and it came from underneath. It came from all directions. The wind was beating, and yet this person prevailed. In verse 26, but everyone who hears these sayings of mine but does not do them will be like a foolish man. Isn't that interesting? Same comparison we had in Proverbs 14.1. A wise woman is compared to a foolish woman. We have that same comparison here in Matthew. Everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who has built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, same mess. The floods came up and the winds blew and beat on the house. Same exact mess came to two different people, and this house fell, and great was its fall. Some people will read this scripture and say, I'm building my house on the rock, and think of it as a person, as Jesus, but the scripture clearly tells us what it is that we're building on. It clearly says that whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them. So what's the key? What's the key? How in the world do we prevail? By this foundational principle, hear and do. Hear and do. So prevailing, remember? Prevailing is to prove yourself more powerful than the opposing force. Women, moms, if you're going to prevail, if you're going to be proving yourself more powerful than opposing forces, here's how you do it. It's laid out for us in Matthew 7, 24. Hear my words and do them. How many of us have heard about diets, but we've not done them? <laughs> How many of us have heard about exercise programs? We watch those infomercials, but we don't do them, right? We, probably you don't need to either, but you know, God will show us what to do. We don't need an infomercial to tell us what to do. But what I'm saying is you can hear things and not do them. We hear what to do and not do them. That's not prevailing. As a matter of fact, that's failing, and that's laid out for us in 26. Look at verse 26 again. Everyone who hears... Oh, these sayings of mine, and does not do them. So the difference isn't that one heard and another one didn't and didn't hear. The difference is they both heard. One did, the other didn't. Didn't do what he heard. So in your mess, whatever your mess is, whether it's emotional, whether it's physical, a doctor's report, whether it's relational with your children, with your husband, whatever it is, if you are to prevail in this construction, if you're to maintain your home in the middle of this mess, what are you going to have to do? You're going to have to hear the words of Jesus, and you're going to have to do them. How many of us have heard messages over and over and over and over again, and yet we still have not implemented the things that we've heard? It's the difference between prevailing and failing. This is the rock that's talking about in here, that we build our house upon the rock that we hear and we do. We hear the word of God and we do it. What's the sand? The sand is we hear the word of God, 
about we don't do anything? <laughs> we hear, but we don't make a change. We don't make an adjustment. Remember, we're wise women building this morning. We're wise women learning how to build. And, by, and how are we going to do it? We're going to do it by hearing the word of God and doing it. So where are we going to hear this word? How are we going to hear this word? Let's look at uh, John. Go back. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. This is different. Uh, how are we going to build a home? We're going to look at John 15. And I'm going to be reading from the Amplified Bible. John 15. Pastor Joseph read from this last week, actually. You know, in the story of my parents' remodel and how it was just overtaking, we, we, we were there at Christmas time. <laughs> and uh, they, were, they didn't have flooring. All their flooring was up. They live in Florida, so they were on a concrete slab. So we're, we're walking around the house with concrete slab. The tile hadn't come in yet. The wooden flooring hadn't come in yet. There were some rugs on the concrete, you know, for us to be comfortable. <laughs> but they told us, when you get here, we're going to need your help to move the furniture back in. And we said, okay, no problem. But I want you to know when we got there, we've got one child who, in particular, we call the comfort kid <laughs> at home. The comfort kid. This person in our house loves to be cozy. The cozy kid, the comfort kid. Uh, I'm not going to say who it is, but maybe some of you already know. But uh, we have one particular child who just loves to be cozy, loves the cozy blanket, loves the comfy seat, loves a cup of tea, loves the candles on, loves the music, you know, loves to be comfy and cozy. And this person got into the construction at Grandma and Popoff's house and really was unsettled was unsettled a little bit because there were no couches to sit on. There was no carpet on the floor. It was just a cement slab in an empty room. And this, he just, oh, ah, just didn't know what to do. Didn't know where to sit. I already told, didn't I? There's only one option I'd already told. But didn't know where to sit. Didn't know, what am I supposed to do? I, I'm looking, this is a home. This is a place to, uh, to sit down, to relax. And I don't know, I don't know where, what to do. And of course, um, this person <laughs> was uh, too young to really help with the big furniture to move it in or whatever. And um, so had to find something to do. But what in this, in this mess, you know? How do I relax? How do I, how do I feel comfortable? How do I, um, you know, not feel the stress of all this construction around me, right? Can you identify with that? That's what we're talking about here. The, the, the building is not gonna stop, ladies. The building will not stop. I watched my mom take care of her mother until she passed away just last May. It, it's just, as long as we're here, this life is going to be a building life, always building something, always developing something. So if you're looking for the day when you can just kick back <laughs> and do nothing, it's not going to be here. <laughs> you know, it's not going to be here. It's going to be another time. All right, it's going to be in the presence of the Lord is, is fullness of joy. And that's exactly what we're talking about. Let's look and see what uh, John 15 has to say in verse 4. This is the Amplified Bible. It says, dwell in me, and I will dwell in you. <laughs> I love that. Dwell in me, and I will dwell in you. Live in me, and I will live in you. 
Just as no branch can bear fruit of itself without abiding in and being vitally united to the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. And we talked about this a little bit at get-togethers this past week. What does this mean to abide in God, to abide in Christ? Well, just like um, our child in that situation was looking for a place to relax, looking for a place to find comfort, looking for a place to just sit. Where do I belong? Where do I fit? Where can I relax and be at home? Well, the answer is right here. To dwell in Christ, to dwell in Him, and dwelling uh, is uh, the. Did I write that definition down? I don't think I did. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, I did. Here, dwelling is remaining, staying, permanently residing. So Jesus is to be our home in the midst of the construction. How do we maintain a home in the middle of the mess? We go to Jesus. If it's an emotional stress, if it's an emotional mess, if it's an emotional uh, a construction that, is, that you're dealing with, if it's relational, whatever it is, if it's physical in your body, whatever it is that you're dealing with right now, make your home in Christ. Dwell there. Stay there. Remain there. You know, if you want to find me, you know my address, right? You can find me there. I want to be found in Christ, right? That's what Paul says. I want to be found in Christ. I want to be found. I want people to know my address. My address is in Christ. I'm there. I stay there. I dwell there. I remain there. I permanently reside there. So if the kids are just driving me crazy or whatever, that's just loud and they're screaming and toys are everywhere and uh, instruments are blasting, radios are booming, whatever, in our house. It's not toys so much anymore. It's instruments and music and, and everybody's working. Everybody's building in our house their own thing. And if I just need to get away, it, it's, it's my home is in, in Christ, right? My home is in Christ. I abide there. I live there. I dwell there. To dwell in Christ that represents the hearing. Where are you going? Remember what we said? In order to prevail, you need to hear and do. If you're looking to fail, just hear and not do, right? <laughs> I'm not interested in that. I want to prevail. So where am I going to hear? I'm going to hear in his presence. And I'm going to dwell with him, and that's where I'm going to hear. To dwell in Christ is to blossom on the branch. <laughs> to dwell in Christ is to blossom on the branch. And that blossoming is the doing that comes from the hearing, right? So again, we're not picking this up to do on our own, like Pastor Joseph prayed for us this morning. We're not doing it in our own strength. Our doing will follow and flow out of our hearing, right? If I hear from the Lord, how and what I need to do, if I hear his word regularly and consistently, if I remain in his word and his word remains in me, I'm going to naturally carry out what I'm hearing. I'm going to naturally do. It'll just flow in the same way that the flower just simply opens on the branch, right? You know, the branch, I thought about a branch as I was getting this ready. It's not necessarily attractive. It's gray. It's brown. 
the blossom is the thing that is pink or yellow on our picture here. Or Debbie, you brought those yellow flowers. Thank you. You didn't know it was yellow, but it matches. But uh, yellow, you know, the branch is just gray. The branch is not a lot of color. Branches can scratch and poke, right? You gotta, when you walk through the woods, you wanna make sure you're not getting whacked in the face with a branch, right? They can poke, they can scratch. It looks lifeless in some seasons. Your mess may look like there's just, ah, this is just lifeless. This is pokey, this is uncomfortable, it's scratching me, right? But what happens as we continue to dwell, as long as that branch remains on the tree or remains on the plant, it is guaranteed to blossom, right? Right? It's guaranteed to blossom. So as we dwell in Christ, to dwell in Christ is to blossom on the branch, to maintain your home in the middle of the mess. And of course, the scripture tells us, let's continue to read in verse 5. I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever lives in me and I in him bears much abundant fruit. However, apart from me, cut off from vital union with me, you can do nothing. If a person does not dwell in me, okay, now we're not even hearing, right? If dwelling is a place where we hear, we're now we're not even hearing anything, right? So... Remember, to fail was to hear and not to do what you heard. Now we're not even dwelling. We're not even hearing anything. This is not good, right? We can't do anything. All right? So he's thrown out like a broken off branch and withers. And such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire until they are burned. But if you live in me, if you abide vitally united to me and my words remain in you and continue to live in your hearts, you can ask whatever you will and it shall be done for you. Amen. Uh, Gloria Copeland wrote a book a number of years ago. I think it was like 2006. It's called To Know Him I've Been Reading. And she says, and this is her quote, Christians think that, they, uh, think that because they love the Lord and believe his word, that their union with him is intact. But that's not necessarily so. Let me read that again. This is from To Know Him by Gloria Copeland. Christians think that because they love the Lord and they believe his word, that their union with him is intact. But that's not necessarily so. Dwelling, you know, you can have a home but not stay there. You can have a home but want to get away. You can live someplace but, but want to run away, get away, go somewhere else, anywhere else. Let me sleep anywhere else. Jesus is a home that we don't want to run away from. And you know what? The door is open to us all the time. There's no reason for us to want to run. He's willing to have you come. He's willing to have you abide. His invitation is there for you to come and abide in his presence, to know him, to hear from him in order that you might do. Hallelujah. Let's look again. Uh, at the scripture at John 14. One more page back from where we just were in John 15. We're going to look at John 14, verses 1 through 3. I love this. I love this. I love this in the word. John 14, 1 through 3. It's very familiar to many of us. It says, Let not your heart be troubled. 
in the middle of construction, in the middle of the mess, whatever it is that you're facing. Let not your heart be troubled. Even just right there, God is saying, oppose the trouble. Remember, we're a builder. Oppose the distress. Oppose the discouragement. Don't let that stuff in your heart. Don't let it. Oppose it. Women, we're wise builders. Oppose it. Something comes to cause you to distress, to fear, to be discouraged. Some way of darkness. We are to let our hearts not be troubled. What's the answer to that? Believe in God. There's the building. So oppose the darkness and believe in God. Build that belief. You know, it makes me think of Jude. It says, build yourself up, right? By the Holy Ghost. If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, I want to encourage you uh, to be filled with the Holy Spirit and build yourself up daily in the Holy Ghost by speaking in tongues, praying those prayers, being built up in his presence. You'll hear sometimes us sing up here in that manner. We're building ourselves up. We're being strengthened in him. So let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. And in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Jesus is constructing. He's, again, remember God is a builder. He's building even right now and preparing things for us. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, and here's a great part that I love, and receive you. What? Escort you to your front door of your mansion? It doesn't say that. It says he's going to receive you to myself. Jesus is our home. Jesus is our home. Jesus is our home. So he's preparing a place for us. He'll come again and receive you to himself. And where I am, there you may be also. And I just want to read this directly from my notes. It says, as we build our home in Christ, the mess will subside. <laughs> as we fix our eyes on Jesus, he causes us to overcome. I am encouraged from studying and in the word and time in the in the word that the more time that we spend with him here that our heavenly mansion will be that more familiar to us when we get there it won't be maybe more than we expected it won't be such a surprise to us why because in our time with him here remember he's our home right he's our home our time with him spent together with him is a revealing and a pulling back and a glimpse of our home. And when we get there to that mansion, when we get there to the home that he's prepared, it's going to reflect the home that we made with him during this time. It'll be the up-close, in-person, real-life version of what was being revealed to us in our time with him while we were here. Getting glimpses of that finished construction. Can you imagine? Wow. So we'll know our home. I'm just encouraged. That we'll, it won't be such a surprise. We'll know our home. Why and how? Because we were building the home. We were knowing the home. We were allowing Jesus to reveal himself to us in our time while we were together here. Isn't that wonderful? To know that God gives us glimpses of what is to come. Isn't that what the Bible says? That the Holy Spirit has come, that he might show us the things that are to come. And boy, our home is in Christ. So the duration of this life is a time of wise building and construction. It just won't end. We're not to be overwhelmed 
by or fearful of the task of all the building that we'll be doing. We hear and do the word of God, and our home is in Christ. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Let's just pray, yeah. Father, we just thank you that you have invited us to yourself, that you have gone to prepare a place for us, and when you return, that you will take us to yourself. Thank you, Father, for revealing our home, even in the time while we're here, that as we spend time abiding in you, that the mess will be overcome. <laughs> it's you are our home. We maintain our home. We love your word. We read your word. We hear your word. We speak your word. We meditate on your word. Thank you, Father, that you are showing us, God, the comfort, the peace, the joy, the ease, the rest that comes in you and coming to you and making you our home. You are our abode. You are our dwelling place. Thank you, Father. And I just want to encourage everybody here this morning, moms in particular, above anything else, and I'm doing this too, above anything else, make building your home, maintaining your home in Christ, a priority of your heart, a priority of your day. And all these other things will subside and we'll learn to overcome. Oh, he's so wonderful. His invitation is open to us today. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life he came to give you. We invite you to take God at his word, embrace who he is, what he's done for you, and who you are in him. Put your trust in him today and taste and see how good he is.